pray for Paula and Kevin. I know that, uh, ah, man, I don't, yeah. honestly, I thought I left them in the office, not that, so I can preach without notes. Who needs these? <laughs> Smart Alex. Didn't work, did it? I <laughs> 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 uh, love it. Uh, pray for Paul and Kevin. I know uh, Paula's brother passed away yesterday, and and uh, I, I I know that um, I don't I don't want to do this to embarrass you or anything. I know that that relationship had just kind of been restored. I heard, and God had brought you back together, and and uh, you know it um, it just reminds me of God's goodness, how He brings those things back together in those relationships, and and commend them, and, and uh, did so, so there's no regrets there, and, uh, but we'll, we'll pray for you during loss your brother, and, and uh, pray for one another, I, I tell you, last week, uh, um, more and more people came to me throughout the day, and last week was a battle, I mean, it, there was a battle going on with our church people, not with each other, but, you know, the devil just seemed to be busy with a lot of people last week, and and uh, he's, he's busy all the time, but we have, uh, we have the victory in front of us. I was uh, flipping through Facebook today, and somebody posted again, if you ever want to be inspired, go on YouTube and look up Curtis Hudson, um, preached his last message at a Southwide Baptist meeting, big fellowship, and I think they were in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he was he was dying of cancer. As a matter of fact, I think he died about a uh, year, about a month after he preached that message. <clears throat> but before he preached, uh, he sang a song, "I'm on the winning side," and uh, and he also I, I need I'll try to share it on our on our site. Uh, he died of cancer, and he wrote a he wrote a poem on what cancer can't do, and. Uh, but man, when I when I start feeling a little bit down, I don't know how many times I've gone and and uh, he's just no southern boy and from the backwoods and and he sang that song and and it's like he said he said I can't sing I just want to and uh, but he sang that and it's very inspiring and uh, so you ever get down and you and you think you're in the middle of the battle and you're not sure if you're going to win, look up Curtis Hudson and uh, I'm on the winning side and and just listen to the song. And uh, remember the words, and and today he's celebrating in heaven, and uh, has a healed body, and looking forward to seeing everybody else. I'm sure. So, but um, <clears throat> anyway, we're in Second Samuel chapter six, looking at another battle, and uh, uh, here here we see something that um, interesting. We we see that David has has finally become king, and. Uh, over all the nations, all 12 nations now, not just Judah, but over uh, uh, Israel also and, and uh, uh, all 12 nations and celebrating that. And, and so it's come to the point where he has uh, taken over the city of Jerusalem and it is there that he's going to, to uh, uh, stay and set up his throne and looking forward to doing that and, and uh uh, you can also see why, you know, I, I know I, I need to keep politics out of this tonight, but 
um, you can also see why our world was so adamant about not having our embassy in Jerusalem. And, and I praise President Trump for getting our embassy put into Jerusalem, the true capital uh, of, of uh, Israel and, and uh, uh, the God-appointed place. And, and that is where all activity is going to take place. And, and, uh, but uh, it's always been a fight. Devils fought, fought that. And, uh, and again, we had all of the political promises from I think Reagan, Clinton, and both Bushes, and and uh, uh, even Obama were saying they were going to put the embassy back in Jerusalem, but it was President Trump that finally got it done. And uh, praise the Lord for that, and, and pray that we always are uh, on the side of of uh, Israel. But anyway, we have here that it's a great time, and and I'm sure the burden is off of David somewhat, and. Not having to look over his shoulder and wondering where Saul was at, but now he's finally seeing God uh, come and deliver the promise that he had given him so many years before. And so we get into this, and, and the very first thing that we see is, as uh, uh, David is, has been anointed king is that they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, and first thing we see is the mistake of Uzzah. And look at the first seven verses, and Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Now, if you remember, and, and maybe some of you don't know, but uh, the ark of the covenant, we know that when, when God had given Moses the directions on building a tabernacle and and, and, and a tabernacle was a, was a large tent. And anybody ever seen a live, the, the life-size uh, tabernacle? Remember they had it here a few years ago. Uh, if you go back to Arkansas, to the Passion Play, they have one there. And, 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 and it really is amazing. But the, the tabernacle was the place where they came and they worshipped. And they would set up the tabernacle and all of the nations would camp around it. And they all had their place where they camped and... and uh, uh, but it was there that they would worship God, and and in that we have the you'd have the area where you first walk in, and and uh, we know that uh, they would have the laver there, and and uh, part of an altar, and then you had the holy place, and then you had the holy of holies, and the holy of holies was a place where the priests only went in once a year, and it was in there that you had the ark of the covenant, and it was that that represented the presence of God. And so it was there that, that God dwelt with them. And it was there in that holy of holies where, where if anyone went in there, the, it was only the priest, the high priest. And he had to make a sacrifice for himself before he went in. And then he'd go back in and make a sacrifice for the people. But it always represented the presence of God whenever they, they were uh, sanctified and, and using it correctly. Now when Eli and, and the nation... Uh, uh, disrespected that and, and brought it forth in, in front of the battle and making them uh, and, and doing it in a way that was not godly and not in the way that God had commanded them, they lost it. And so, and, and, it, and it showed us too that, that we need to be worshiping God. Don't worship the Ark of the Covenant. Don't worship something made by hands, but worship the God that it represents. But And, and so now we have that here it is. This is representing the very presence of God. Now, you also need to remember that we're in the Old Testament. And 
And with that, we have the Old Testament laws that needed to be adhered to. And the laws were there to, to show them, first of all, the holiness and the righteousness of God. And also showed us as people that, that we all fall short. And, uh, uh, but they were to do things God's way. And they were to do it in the way that God told them. And, and in order to have God's blessings and, and see his righteousness. And, and so... Here we see that they're excited about this. They're, they're thrilled that, that God is with them. They're, they're excited that they have their new king and, and they know what a warrior he is and how much he loves the country and, and they see a lot of success coming and, and then it, it shows us that they do something that isn't the way God told them to do it. And it says, And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah in Ohio the sons of Abinadab drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. I, I mean, we're talking about an exciting time. Here they are, and they and so they get a cart, and they take this, and they, and they set it on the cart, and it's pulled by the oxen, and, and they're going to let the ox pull it up there and, and bring it into the city. And, and they're so excited, and, and they're wanting to please God, and they're wanting to, to, to celebrate this great time. And it says, And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. I, I, I don't know. I, I, when, when I look at this and you think, and you, first of all, God had given them many laws. And the thing that we need to understand there is absolutely no grace in law. You understand that? The law is just the law. It, it, it's like uh, when, when uh, I was preaching to the first responders, the, the law states that on Highway 34, the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. And so you go one mile an hour over that, you're breaking the law. And now they could pull you over and they can give you a ticket for doing 56 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. And you would think, well, that's ludicrous. Why in the world would they do that? They don't necessarily have to. And if they choose not to, then what are they showing? Grace. Grace. And so they're letting you go and they're giving you something that, that you don't deserve because truly you deserve a ticket if you break the law. While here we see in God and his law, you break it and you don't do it the way that he tells you to do it, you die. And so we see that this is an example and an illustration of God's law and, and showing us that, that the only grace that comes is through God. And the only grace that comes from God is through Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus has fulfilled the law and so he in fulfilling the law, is able to abolish the law. And, and, and so now we have God's grace. And whenever we break the law, we know that whenever we sin and come short of the glory of God, that we can go to the very presence of God through 
the saving blood of Jesus Christ. And we, and we confess those things to God. And, he, and, and as believers, He cleanses us of those things and, and helps us to, to restore us back to where it is that we need to be. But here we see that Uzzah made a terrible mistake and he did not do this the way that he should. And, and we're going to see that, that David in, in his thoughts thinking, hey, you know, my heart's in the right place and I'm, and I'm doing this for God. But look, there are still things in our lives today and, and there is scripture here for us today that God wants us to do things a certain way. And God wants us to be honoring and pleasing to Him. He wants us to be biblical in the things that we're doing. And you might justify it in your mind and say that, well, my heart's in the right place. But God might be showing you in the Scripture that is wrong in what you are doing. And you are not pleasing God when you do that. And so here we see that Uzzah put forth his hand and, and all he was doing was trying to keep the ark up. And we see that because of that, breaking the law of God and not doing things the way that God said that he needed to, he lost his life. Now I find it interesting that the first response that David had, it says that in the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God smote him there for his error and there he died by the ark of God and David was displeased. Remember I told you today, about uh, fretting not, burning with anger. Well, that's what this word means too, to burn with anger. I mean, he was really upset. Not the same word as fretting, but still has the same meaning. And so here, David was mad. I mean, and, and now, uh, I believe he caught himself pretty quick here and, and knew that he was reacting out of pride, but but here we see that, I mean, it's like, God, what are you doing? You know, we're doing this for you, and, and our hearts are in the right place, and, and, and we're, we're celebrating you and, and your presence in our lives. And, and, and here, uh, and all of a sudden, in all of this joy and all this excitement, you kill Uzzah. And he's upset. He was mad. And then he goes on, and he says, David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. An outburst against Uzzah. So here we see that he just wasn't very happy with this. And, but I do believe that this is one of the reasons why God blessed David is David seemed to be pretty quick at repenting. And, and it doesn't say that he repented, but the very next thing it says is that, and David was afraid of the Lord that day. And then, you know, it's, it's like I told you this morning too. I, I think there are times where, where if we were to truly experience in our life, maybe not towards us, but if we were to ever see God's wrath displayed upon someone, it would be something that we would never want to see again. I, I believe that, that whenever the, the tribulation comes, I praise the Lord that he says that we'll be saved from the wrath to come. I praise the Lord that we're not going to be here to see that mess because the wrath that's going to be upon the people of that day will be terrifying. It tells us that there's going to be people that are going to be screaming out and begging for God to kill them, and God will not allow them to die. That's a scary moment. Whenever you think about 100-pound hailstones coming down upon your head. 
Whenever you think about all of the uh, all, all of the different plagues that are going to come and kill people and 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 wipe people out and and the evil among the people that are there and and those that actually do uh, uh, call upon Jesus to save them that uh, immediately after they make a profession of faith that and and don't take the mark of the beast or they deny the mark of the beast that they end up losing their lives and. And I, I can only, when you read that, it, it's hard to imagine just how, 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 how terrible the wrath is going to be. But here I do believe that David, seeing what had happened, and then he had done this, and then it says that he was afraid of the Lord that day and, and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Okay, God, how, what, are we, what are we supposed to do? I mean, I, I thought that I thought that we were doing this in a way that that would honor you and and remember. I, I mean, Saul had not set a very good example as a king, and Saul had done a lot of things that he tried to justify in his mind and and justify to those around. and And we know because of his justification that he ended up losing uh, his, his throne and and uh, and ripped it out of the hands of of any of his children and. And we know that he ended up losing his life along with most of his children were killed because of him. And so there is a right way to do things. So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. I, I wrote some notes on the side of my Bible just for my own uh, benefit to read later, but when God's holiness and God's presence is in one's home, there will be God's blessings. And we always need to remember that. We, we can get so caught up in, in our week, and, and tomorrow, I mean, you can walk out of here, and we can have the best services and, and worshiping God and, and, and truly just Truly an encouragement. I, I was sitting in my office, got out of there late. You guys were all here already. And, and I just sat there for a while and just listened to everybody talking. And, and the kids were, were screaming and in a good scream. You know, it wasn't a blood-curdling, I'm dying scream or anything, you know. But, you know, and, and you just, and it, and it eases your mind and, and fills your heart with something to know that, you know, what a joy. And, and, and it's been a good day. I mean, it's just been a good day to come and, and serve the Lord and worship Him and, and give Him the day. I, I, when, when people can truly get a hold and a grasp of that as believers to, you know what, just give, give Sunday to God. Give it to Him and, and worship Him and, and rest and, and enjoy your family together and, and, and not, not busy doing other junk and your ditch may need to be cleaned out, but clean it out on a Monday or clean it out on a Saturday. But just give God Sunday, and, and, and it's a good day. And you go home, and, and you go to bed tonight, and, and your heart is full. And then you wake up Monday morning, and you're right back in the, the rut of things, and you're right back into all the challenges of the day, and, and your, your boss is overwhelming you. All the people around you are frustrating you, and 
circumstances are coming and, and, and you're right back in that battle. And, and the thing that you need to remember is that tomorrow morning, get up and, and worship God like you did today. And, and just starting with, with giving him the time to read his word and pray to him and maybe sing some praises to him or whatever you do. And, and just honor him with the day also. And, and it will be different, but you worship him and and, and sanctify a place in your heart for Him and, and allow Him to work in your life and don't get so caught up in all the things of the world that you forget what you really are about. You're about the Lord and, and being His and, and, and walking with Him and, and then you come home at night and you, and you enjoy your family that you have and you, you, you mess with your kids and play with your kids and talk to your wife and sit down and have a nice meal together and relax together and, and praise God for the day that you've had and the productivity He's given you and the job that you have and, and, and you worship Him again and, and you relax and you find out that when God is sanctified and when God is in your home and when, when God is being worshipped in your home and, and blessed, you find out that He gives you a peace that you don't have otherwise. He gives you a, a, a security that you didn't have. He, he gives you a contentedness that, that helps with the anger that comes in your life and the frustrations and all the things that are trying to get you away from that. And, and here we know that when God's holiness and His presence are in one's house, then we will have His blessings. So let's not just have that on Sunday, but let's have that every day. And let's live for Him and and here we see that Obed-Edom took the Ark of the Covenant and, and, and they set it there and representing the presence of God and for three months they were blessed. And it was told King David saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the Ark of God. So David, so, so we're going to stop right there. So it comes to them and says, Hey, Obed-Edom's house is being blessed. Turn over to 1 Chronicles 15. This goes along with this. Chronicles tells us the life of David also. And in this instance, gives us a little more detail. Tells us over here in 1 Chronicles chapter 15. And start with verse 12. We see that, that David in this time period then starts investigating. And, and he calls in the priest and he says, Okay guys, why did Uzzah die? I, I want to know what's going on. I want to know why he died and, and what needs to be done differently. And said, and said unto them, You are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto a place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. We didn't do it the right way. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. Wasn't supposed to be any wagon. Wasn't supposed to be any ox. They were supposed to carry it themselves. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries, harps, cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. So the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and, and then it goes and sees all their brethren that, that uh, they, they were given uh, to do the, 
the celebration. And there were many people that were here that, and they were doing it the way that God had said that they needed to. And, and so David, in verse 25, and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. And then you go back now to chapter 6 of 2 Samuel, and, and so it now says, So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom in the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And then they'd move forward. And they'd offer another offering. Then they would move forward, offer another offering. And we see that they did it the way that God had told them. And it was such a joy, such a joy that it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. May I say, I, I actually had somebody come to me and, and use, anyway, use this as a justification for secular dancing. And, and uh, um, I, I don't think the dancing that the kids do at prom is probably the same dancing that David did around the Ark of the Covenant. Wouldn't you agree with that? I, I, I would think. I, I would think that, but anyway, I, things that come to your mind, you know, as I read this. So here it does. It says that he danced before the Lord with all his might, with all his strength. I mean, he was so joyous that, think about it. I mean, God, you anointed me king, and, and, and I've been through all of this mess. And then here we are, we, we were trying to get it here, but we weren't doing it the way that we should. And, and, and we see that Uzzah died because of this, but now we, have the, we truly have a joy, God, because we're doing it your way. We're, we're doing it the way that you have shown us that we ought to. And, and Lord, I, I, I'm just, I'm full of joy. And, and, he, and he was dancing around it. He was whirling and, and yelling and, and praising God and worshiping God. And, and it was a loud time. It was a wonderful time. And, and they were very joyful in the things that they were doing here and, and, and letting everybody know what a, what a great time it was. And so uh, here it was that, that he danced before the Lord with all his might and all of his strength and, and just giving God all the glory and oh how we ought to do that. Sometimes we, we, we feel like that, that if we make some kind of noise that somebody's going to shut us down. I told you I, I grew up in a church where you walk in and you sit down and you shut up and you, you don't say a word through the whole service and, and there's never an amen and there was never, you know, if somebody was to ever raise their hand, Oh, we're all going to come apart, you know, and 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 uh, we're we're having all kinds of. Con I I need to have a good old Southern preacher come in here one of these days and really wake everybody up. And, and so, but but we you know we have that where we walk in and it's almost like you're at a at a at a funeral. And 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 I I I told Wes and Laura when they first got here and Laura playing the piano. I said. Look, I, I don't. I don't want it to sound like it's a dead place. I don't. Even, I don't want to represent any kind of a funeral home at all. I want us to come in and and be joyful and and exciting to come and worship God and and tell others about who He is and thank you, Lord, for another day and and You've given me life and I thank You for that and You've given me salvation and there's so much to be excited for and, and let us get a little bit excited about who God is. Let us not sit there like some dead Presbyterian, but let's wake 
wake up and let's scare everybody into being a joyful Baptist that isn't against everything but, but truly just loves God and, and wants to tell other people about Him and, and let get excited about who He is and what you are and what you have in Him. It's what David did. And here we see that he did and and David was girded with a linen ephod, and, 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 and that, e- that linen ephod was a, a, a sleeveless garment that, that uh, came down and went on, down and covered his hips. It was kind of a long and long garment, and it had a, a, a lot of different uh, jewels on it that represented the different tribes. And, and it tells us that he was allowed to do so as, uh, as a king. It tells us that Solomon, when, whenever they... Uh, uh, dedicated the temple that Solomon also wore one. It tells us that Samuel wore one as a child and whenever he was working with Eli and, and, and they, they were allowed to do that as a king. And, and then my mind went to this and I thought, well, now it tells me, you can go back, I'm not for time, but it tells us that Samuel got himself in trouble because if you recall, uh, he had told, uh, Samuel had told Saul that, Saul, you need to stay in Gilgal for seven days and I'll be there. And when I get there, then we'll find out what it is that God wants to do. And, and it tells us that while, while they were waiting on Samuel and, and he wasn't there on the time that Saul thought he ought to, that, that then he starts looking at the people and the people are getting scared and they're hiding in caves and they're, and, and they're running away and they're scared. And so Samuel says, or Saul says, we can't wait on Samuel. And so he makes an offering himself and and does it wrongly in the things that he did. And, and you might say that here again, Saul could have said, hey, my heart was in the right place. But Samuel said, you did it wrong. And Saul, and Saul because of that, you're going to lose your kingdom. Because of that. And oh, how we need to understand that when we are allowing God to have the place in our lives that he truly needs to have, that's when you have true joy. You can't play the game. You, you can't take the Scripture and, and take what little piece of it here that you want and, and that fits what you want and, and live by that and, and ignore the rest of it. You have to take all of God's Word and as you learn it and as you study it and as you see what it says that you then apply it as God is leading you to apply it in your life and you go all the way with God in doing what He tells you to do. But when we do that, to the best of our knowledge and to the best of our ability to do what God's Word says, we have God's blessings and we have God's joy. And that's what we see. This wasn't something that was put on. This wasn't something that was animated just to uh, draw attention to Himself. He was dancing and whirling in joy of who God is and what he was doing. And he wore the linen ephod. He had taken off his royal uh, garments and had put on that which represented just someone that was worshiping God. And so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord was shouting with the sound of the trumpet. And then, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. 
It says that about the time that they brought this in, the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, that's when he wrote Psalm 68. And he's so happy and so joyful. And then you have Michael, his wife, looking at him and despised him in her heart. You know, there, there's, there could be 27 messages, I would think, on this. And, but, um, you know, the, the thing that I see that jumps out at me and, and it's not the only thing, but the, the one that she's, she's like looking at him and, David, you're not acting very kingly. And do you understand that we, we, have, we have a, uh, what, is, what is the word, decor or decorum? That's the word, a decorum here. You need to behave this way. You're a king. You need to act kingly. You need to be above everyone else. And, and I, I, you want to study leadership abilities and, and leadership traits and leadership qualities in a person, study the leadership of David and see how he led. He led them. He led them because he was a king of the people. And, and here we see that his standing with God meant more than his standing with the people. And when he took the standing with God, he became a greater king to the people. But oh, Michael was upset, and they brought in the ark of the Lord and, and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Here we see that when God's presence is there and, and we have God's blessings, that, that it also brings about a, a, a joy in our heart uh, and a selflessness and a generosity that maybe we don't have otherwise. And here we see that he gave that to all of them and they all went to their house and then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. Oh, she's scolding him and, and upset about this, but I, I can't but help think, and you can turn back to 1 Samuel uh, uh, chapter 2, and, and here we have the prayer of Hannah, and, and I, I can't but help think that, and, and I, I know I speculate, and maybe it didn't happen, but I, I know that David and Samuel were very close, and so just go along with me on this, all right? But maybe there was a time when, when David was sitting there talking to Samuel and, and, and trying to get some encouragement from, from, at this time, this old man who had been walking with God for some time and, and, and asking him, uh, Samuel, give me some give me some life experiences and tell me some things that I need to know about uh, how to live in a way that that's going to be honoring and pleasing to God and 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 Samuel, do you have anything that that you could share with me and and I could see Samuel, this old man sitting there and maybe he's rubbing his chin a little bit and he said, you know, he said my mom prayed a prayer and 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 we recorded that and wrote it down and because I. Uh, she wanted to have that as a reminder. And, and in this prayer, she, she said some things. She said in verse 7 here, she said, The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth 
down to the grave and hold on. Verse 6, the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. Oh, and you could see Samuel telling David this and David, you need to remember that, that it's God that exalts you and, and it's God that needs to be lifted up and it's God that deserves all the glory and God will abase who he wants and God will raise who it is that he wants and David, you just need to be humble and, and yes, you're, the, you're going to be the king of, a, of the greatest nation and God's chosen nation, but even in all of that, David, you need to remember that, that you need to not be proud of this, but you need to remember that it's God that is always exalted and never forget that in the position that you are. Remember the verse that I gave to you earlier that today in Proverbs chapter 16 and, and uh, uh, Proverbs 16 <clears throat> and it tells us in verse 19, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He goes on over and Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 23, another reminder for all of us about the humility that we ought to have uh, in our lives. In Matthew 23 and verse 12, and he says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And so in all of these things, and, and here is Michael, and she's all upset, and she says, oh, David, here you are. You're, you're just down, down there making a fool of yourself, and you're, and you're dancing and, and doing all of these crazy things, and, and you shamelessly uncovered yourself by, by taking and removing your royal robes that you have and, and, and how you've forgotten the position that you have in front of all the people, and David was saying, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is the honor and glory of our God. And if that means that I humble myself and, and put on this linen ephod and, and, and I dance around and, and give God the honor and the glory, then so be it. Let us honor and glorify God and not worry about what other people say. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord. When you see that in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for before has the idea of face-to-face. -face. And so it'd be like if Todd and I were talking and he was standing here, we're looking at each other and we're looking at each other face-to-face. -face. He says, Michael, I was face-to-face -face with the Lord, which chose me before thy father. And before all his house, Above all of that, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. I will be merry. I will dance before the Lord. I will give him honor. I will give him glory. And I really do not care what you think. You know, there comes a time where we just need to be concerned what God says and what God wants. And it doesn't matter what other people think. And it doesn't matter how crazy they might think you are. We give God the honor and we give him the glory. 
and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in my own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Those that you said were vain, so be it. I will be in a place of honor in front of those who are vain. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. I would gather that God wasn't very happy with her and chose never to give her a child. And so we see the character of David. We see, first of all, even as much as he loved David, David, if you're going to honor me, do it right. And do it the way that I tell you to do it. We ought to learn a lesson from that. If we're going to honor God, and we're going to have God's presence and, and his blessings upon our lives, then let's do it God's way. And let's live according to what God says. And remember what Michael said, and also understand that a critical spirit stifles God's blessings and faithfulness. You know what we have to do? I can get pretty aggravated with the limp-wristed, crybaby, uh, toast preachers that don't preach the truth. You know? But honestly, they'll give an account to God. God will take care of them. We need to stay here and preach his word and do it God's way and see God's blessings. Maybe, maybe by being obedient and being loving that they can see that, be convicted, get their hearts right, and do the right thing and see that happen in their lives. But whatever, we just need to continue to do what it is that God calls us to do. The very character of David. So tomorrow, we wake up. Tomorrow, we worship God. Tomorrow through the day, in all the challenges that come, we worship God. And when somebody comes to you and says, my life is falling apart, what can I do? Well, let's just sit down here in the scripture and we'll see what God says that you need to do. And God will show you. And do it God's way, and you'll have God's blessings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for David. Thank you for the encouragement that we see. And, and Lord, just the, just the transparency in his life. Lord, help us to be that way. Let us not be afraid of what other people say. Let us not be afraid of what man can do unto us. But let us worship the one who controls our eternal soul. Help us to be honoring to you in all that we do. Guide us this week. Use us this week. And bless us as we're obedient to you. Bring us back when the doors are open. And I pray that you will be honored. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.